0: Hi everyone, I'm Timmy Murphy and welcome to my podcast, This Man's World. This is a podcast series where I talk to different men from all walks of life who all have a different story to tell. I hope to inspire and engage you with these amazing guys who I'll be interviewing. Modern day men living in a modern day Ireland. Their hopes, their dreams, their likes, their dislikes and what it's like being a man in 2020. Hello and welcome to This Man's World podcast. I'm your host, Timmy Murphy, and this is a podcast where I interview men from all different walks of life on what it is like being a man in 2020. Today's guest is Henry Fitzgerald. He's a trans man from South Tipperary. He's a student in UCC doing his master's in international human rights law. And he just told me when I came in that his sister danced for the Spice Girls (laughs) on their world tour last year. So now I'm totally obsessed. (laughs) How are you, Henry? I'm doing good, thank you. Good, you're very, very welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, so Henry is going to message his sister today to follow me. <laughs> I will, I promise. Yeah, so, because as all my listeners know, I'm like a Spice Girls um, wannabe. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that's it. That's, as soon as I heard that, I was like, no way. Um, so, Henry, you grew up in... Tipperary, so in South Tipperary. So Clonmel was your hometown, wasn't it? Yeah, Clonmel was my hometown. And you grew up in the so you were born in ninety nine? Ninety nine, yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about, say, growing up in Tipperary, Clonmel, mm-hmm. what it was like as
1: a child kind of through primary school and stuff? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in a village just outside Clonmel called Clarehan. Um and there was a national school out there and that's where I went to primary school and it was a mixed school. Um so yeah, it was very, I had a very, like, I would always go out, outside to all my friends and it was, it was always so lovely, like, in clear mm-hmm. Hand. it was, it wasn't definitely not a town, it's kind of growing a lot now, but yeah. when I was younger, it was very much so we were just out in the field, yeah. kicking a ball, and re- there was limited technology at that time as well, so it, it was very much so just an honest, like, mm-hmm. have fun with what you can have fun with. Um, yeah. And I would always go out to all the boys, as mm-hmm. I used to say. They used to call them my house. All the boys that I was friends with in primary school. Um, I wouldn't really have been friends with many girls at that point. Um, so yeah, that that was so were my childhood. So you, you? So you were so grown up. Say as a child, were you quite tomboyish? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, my communion, like I wanted to wear a communion dress. I did want to do that because it was handed down from all my sisters, um, but. For the afters of my communion like I wore shorts and a t-shirt and like a vest like a waistcoat almost and kind of the same for my communion like I wore jeans and a t-shirt and boots like so I definitely was and I spent most of my time with with um boys Mm. uh I did get along with all the girls very much so and they're all I'm friends with them still today Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I was definitely seen as a tomboy. <laughs> yeah,
0: I suppose it's it's what you were most comfortable with yeah, really at definitely. that age, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think um, I think it's it's we we shape ourselves throughout life as a when, from when we start as kids. Mm. So you know, it's it's like you said, if you you grow up quite tomboyish and yeah, I suppose without knowing it, you kind of felt more
1: comfortable around the boys.
0: You know, kind of yeah. grown up and stuff.
1: Yeah, just kind of reflecting on it now it, it makes a lot of sense you know why why that i felt most comfortable hanging around with the boys more and you know being treated as one of the lads mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it makes more sense now than it did at the time i think so no barbie dolls <laughs> um i liked dolls but mm, more so a football kind of yeah you know. but then do you know does the, there is that that
0: kind of debate now and i do agree mm-hmm. Barbie dolls shouldn't just be for girls and action men shouldn't just be for boys.
1: I loved action men, actually. My cousin yeah. had action men and I loved them. Yeah. But I, I do agree. I actually did my master's, or I'm sorry, my um dissertation for my undergrad on perspectives of masculinity and femininity. Oh, okay. So that kind of, that was what it was based upon, like yeah. perceptions of what we think are feminine and what we think are masculine and how that really, the concept is, doesn't really exist yeah, much anymore um and then you went into so an idyllic idyllic idyllic
0: sorry childhood (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely um and then you went into secondary school then and that was an all-girls catholic school
1: yeah in clonwell um presentation um and i obviously first year is hard for anyone but i remember crying over not being school with the lads anymore and having to go into an all-girls school i was very nervous about it because i was most comfortable around the lads um, but I I got on great and kind of my f- people I was friends with kind of ebbed and flowed throughout my secondary school experience. Um, I never really stuck to one friend group. I kind of tried to get along with everyone, and that was kind of what worked for me best. Um, yeah, but yeah, so there was a good mix there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, then in in the second year, I came out as lesbian. Mm-hmm. which I, I thought I was at the time, and I loved it. <laughs> and how old were you then? I was, oh, fourteen, 14, I think. Okay. 14 or 15, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, It was kind of around, as well, the marriage equality referendum. And I was, I obviously couldn't vote at the time, but I was trying to campaign, campaign like, as much as I could, and I, yeah, it, it kind of... Do you think that helps? It helped me in coming out as lesbian at the time because, though I saw a lot of people against it, there was a lot like it was kind of more obvious to me the people that were for it, mm. and it it was very comforting to know that people were publicly okay with this, and I felt comfortable then to come out, um, but along along with that kind of, I my mental health started to uh deteriorate from kind of that age on. Mm. Um and I struggled a lot, uh partially because of my identity. And because when I came out as lesbian, though it fulfilled something in me because I knew I wasn't what I was before, it still didn't line up. And that was very scary. And
0: 14's quite young. Yeah, yeah. So in one way it's very commendable and it's very brave at 14 to identify mm. as lesbian and it's very very commendable but then in another way it's a lot to take on as well at that age
1: because yeah. going through puberty and going through all that as well do you know especially the wrong puberty <laughs> I know yeah do exactly you know, um, I think yeah that that definitely played into why my mental health was so bad at the time um, obviously there's loads of factors mm. as to why, and you're a teenager as well, and every teenager ha- experiences difficulty at that age anyway, so it was like the regular teenage stuff along with kind of this burden of feeling like an imposter almost, mm. um, and yeah, being being so young and being out, it was, you kind of brought a, brought a light onto you, yeah. uh, a spotlight onto you a little bit, um... But I, yeah, that that was, that was kind of a, uh, around the same time that I started self-harming. Eh? Mm. Um, and was that at fourteen? Yeah, possibly a little bit younger, um, maybe like the end of first year into second year, and then up until about fifth year, um, sixth year actually. Sorry, yeah, it was kind of throughout my whole secondary school experience. Well, I I can't speak for everyone, but I did that in hopes that somebody who could help me would see would see and that kind of it didn't really happen like that um eventually i had to tell someone because i was quite scared yeah. at the time uh because it, it it was kind of a very strange uh kind of fight in my mind as to whether i should do this again mm. because maybe someone will see this time or you know, but I, I also tried very hard to hide it because a part of me didn't want to stop. So it, was, it yeah. felt so exhilarating, but so bad. It was Because you were feeling something. Exactly. It was to kind of remind myself that I'm still alive. I can still feel pain. Um, unfortunately, that came out in, in a way that hurt myself. So would you say you were self harming? Mm. That was that cut, cutting yourself? Yeah, I was cutting myself. Yeah, yeah. On, on different parts of my body, um, kind of as I, as I grew up a little bit, like I kind of grew up with self harming. Really, it was, my God, I don't want to say it was my friend, but it was kind of one of the only comforts I could rely on, at for a, a point in time, and it kind of changed as I changed mm. and as I kind of figured out parts of my identity and who I was and kind of I struggled with my gender um it came out in ways against like parts that accentuated my gender at the time so yeah. I would I would yeah I would cut my chest and mm. you know I would feel I would target different parts of my body that I felt I didn't appreciate the most I didn't mm. like the most and didn't belong to me and some so, some people, from
0: what I've heard, that have gone down self self harming mm. rows, they 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 feel that when they're doing it, they feel that their body is completely numb. Yes. And by cutting themselves, it gives them an emotion. Yes. You, is that how you felt?
1: That's exactly how I felt. Then, when you
0: reached out, then, mm. um, did things get a little bit better after that?
1: Um, they did, and they didn't. I people people were then aware of it, but I, I, as I grew up with it, it I always knew how to hide it. I was always learning new ways and new places where I could do it that no one would see yeah um so people were, knew to kind of have excuse me a closer eye on me, but really, I kind of kept going i would have kind of as i grew up i would have bouts of not doing it and then go falling back to it it was like an addiction almost yeah. um but it kind of got to a point in um sixth year in school where i ended up in a&e uh because of it um and so it was going on that long then yeah it was it was quite a long period of time um and when I after that instant I, stopped. Yeah. It it scared. The shit so out you of became me.
0: aware it was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started self harming, you weren't aware of what you were
1: doing to yourself. Would that be true. Um. I felt like a bold child. Yeah. And it, that's kind of exciting in a way. Um. But it was obviously very very harmful and I didn't kind of realize the extent of what I was exposing myself to Mm. um I wish I had just done it once and hated it it would have been so much easier for the rest of that period but I unfortunately didn't hate it as much as I would have hoped to and yeah it it is fair to say that I didn't realize how serious it was Mm. and kind of what it could lead to um and i I always had kind of a throughout that time i was quite suicidal um but self-harming to me was to kind of take my mind away from the thoughts of of suicide Mm. um because it was that reminder that i do still feel and i uh, do you know i and i i used to god i used to write um whenever i would feel very suicidal um i would take out my notes on my phone and i would write the names of everyone that knew me and that i knew and i would get to maybe 20 or so or do you know like it it was anyone it was my teachers it was my family it was so the so what so you were writing their names down in, in your phone yeah why did you do that I think it was to kind of remind myself of how many people I would impact if I did commit suicide. Mm. And the guilt of that is what saved me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily their love, though it helped. Obviously, it did help. But it was the the guilt. And it's funny because... Well, it's not funny. It's weird because like, I would have been gone so I wouldn't have felt the guilt but yeah it's kind of this it was a weird play on my mind that I would feel awful to have to made these people feel awful mm. if I were to do this
0: yeah you so know? you were so I suppose there was a good, a good lot of self-awareness around what you were doing by, by doing that yeah and you had come out as lesbian yeah so you had that as well mm. so it's a lot for somebody of your age at at that time to to deal with yeah and then when you so say when when you ended up in A and E then yes um what was was that the, was that the the change so that was would you describe that as your rock bottom yeah yeah
1: absolutely definitely um so I by that point I had come out as transgender okay yeah so they kind of a lot of things were happening all at mm. once um so that was in sixth year and i came out in the fifth year previous okay. to that um but my identity i never really blamed it i never blamed me being transgender and the struggles that i experienced from being transgender as a reason for why i self-harmed up to that point or i ended up in a&e that that time um i think there's so there was so much going on in my mind and around me, so I yeah, I would never just blame that yeah because yeah.
0: that would be like me saying that and saying mm-hmm. oh it's because I was a man, yeah, yeah, and when you so I know I went to be forward there so mm-hmm. you first so first you came out as, as lesbian, yeah, and you were that that was you were fairly you were received
1: okay, yeah, I didn't, I kind of had the odd like and um, you know, person driving past and would shout out like "lesbian" out the window or the D word, mm. like "dyke." I don't know if I can say it, but that's oh, what yeah, they would shout nice. at me in school. I was accepted, and yeah. at home, I was I was accepted as well. So it's yeah, I never had that's too negative an experience. Yeah, and I like I don't know if I was aware enough to kind of put it pass it off as that.
0: You grew up in a rural area, yeah, and came out as as lesbian, and it was accepted. So. Do you think that Ireland is a lot more
1: accepting now? Um to the community? I do. I think by virtue of just years passing mm. and new people coming into the world and new people feeling comfortable to to say who they are mm. and kind of the access to information now with the Internet like, yeah. though it's been there a while, people are only maybe using it, using it for the right reasons recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think access to, to the information they, they might have wanted to know before has helped yeah. um, and I think people like, like this podcast, for example, like and giving people like me a platform mm. to speak about my my experience and my life helps as well, mm. and you know people are interested now. And um, for for the for the right reasons.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and people are talking about it now. Yeah, which is the main thing. Mm. And so when so you you had mentioned then that that um you had come out as trans. So mm. what? So there was a there was like a social transition first, was there? Yeah. And that was identifying as a trans man.
1: Yeah. So I had to, um, I changed my name, socially, and everyone I knew. Um I expected not yeah, I expected them to call me Henry, yeah, and I changed my pronouns as well from she her to he him, so that was the first big step mm. um, and before that, my physical like my style was very grungy lesbian, <laughs> so right. yeah, I was kind of it was easier to to start styling myself as a Man, and how I felt from I kind of eased myself into it, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was changing my appearance and my name and my pronouns was mm-hmm. the start of my transition, and can be the hardest part. What well, actually was the hardest part to date? Um, so you found that was the hardest part
0: was the, the, yeah, the pronouns and, and going from her to him,
1: yeah, and uh, my name as well, and the name, yeah, because it's. It's funny because it's habit to call someone what you've known them as for their entire life. Mm. Um, it's, and I had to kind of accept that I had to give other people more time. Because for me, I knew for maybe a year before I came out, I was in a bit of denial, but I knew really. Um, so in my head, I was Henry for so long. But for other people, it was only from the point that I told them that they knew me as Henry. Mm. So that was kind of a huge lesson in my life to that you have to you don't have to, but I chose to accommodate other people and their struggle with my journey.
0: Which is fair enough,
1: I suppose. Yeah.
0: You know. Um and again that's very commendable because it it you know, with 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 some people it, it would take longer for them to yeah. To make that adjustment. Yeah.
1: And yeah. though though I knew most of the time it was never coming from a place of malice, mm. regardless of that, it still hurt me to hear my old name and it hurt me to hear the wrong pronouns, even mm. though I knew they never meant it in uh, a way to hurt me. It was usually just habit or... Habit. thought or, you know... Lack of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but once... It took maybe probably two years for my old name to be kind of sifted away, yeah, yeah, and i I have great respect for my old name and my old self, and i i I know a lot of trans people call their old name their dead name mm. but i I have an issue with that because if it um my old name was Rosie may mm-hmm. and I know a lot of trans people wouldn't ever say their old name, but I absolutely loved my old name. Yeah. And if it hadn't been for Rosie May surviving what she did mm. in that period of time of self-harm and suicidal ideation, then Henry wouldn't have gotten a chance to be here mm. today. Uh, and it's, it is easier to speak about that in third person. Yeah. Because it's, it feels like a whole different person it really was a whole different person um, so I do have great respect for, for myself before and after transition because Rosie May got you here exactly mm. and though she was only a vessel like the best vessel ever because now I can live mm. you know and I, I I I, have a lot of love for
0: well Rose I, I don't mean to say Rosie May in the, in the third person but Rosie May came out as a lesbian at 14 yeah. Rosie May went through self-harm mm-hmm. Rosie May had to listen to I know you you everything was very accepted but had to listen to the odd name that was shouted out of a car yeah. window like yeah at such a young age so would you so the social transition and that was what year was that so
1: probably 2016
0: okay kind of. yeah so that would have been 2016 around yeah so i suppose the trans community was really kind of in 2016 it was really kind of starting to grow or yeah. not even so much grow but to to kind of their voice was beginning to be heard definitely yeah because i remember in 2012 um i competed in mr gay ireland mm-hmm. the the contest and there was um there was one of the guys i think he was mr wexford or or Wick, no he was mr panty bear oh, so he was representing them, and um sean mehan was his name and he was a trans man t- because I'd actually noticed things in his body. Yeah. Because we had a swimwear round. Okay. And I was beginning to notice things. I was like, "It's kind of I was like, something, something's not, not adding up." But then he just, just came, just came out with us. He was just like, "Oh, I'm, I'm trans man." Yeah. But I remember just being, blown back by that because 2012. Yeah. In Ireland, you just would have. I just had never, heard or. Seen anyone from the trans community? So I was just totally like, well, number one, I was just in awe. Yeah. Totally in awe of of somebody that had that had changed their sex and was putting themselves on a public platform like Mister Gay Ireland. That was uh, so brave. That was walking walking down a runway Mm. in his swimwear. You know, just like I can't
1: imagine that. I was just
0: totally in awe of that. That's amazing. Um. And then as the years went on then, um, I started meeting other, um, you know, trans females, trans males from being out on the gay scene Mm. and kind of, I'll always think back to Sean because that was the very, very first person and I am just total awe of them now because even still to this day, I'm just like, to do that, you know, it's just like, just to stand up on your own and just go, this is who I am, is amazing. So that was two thousand and twelve. So like so, two thousand and f- so you found that the acceptance was quite good and
1: yeah, um, it's it definitely took some time, um, but, I mean, generally, my peers accepted me first because they were the first people that knew mm. in school, um, and I had I had really good friends at that time, really really good friends, and I loved them all. I'm not in as much contact with them today, but that's. Life. That's life, yeah. But I absolutely love the bones of all of them still. And I love them for the support they gave me during a really, really important and integral time in my life. Um, and it was kind of because my peers were calling me Henry that my teachers kind of stopped calling me anything. Because they knew something wasn't, they weren't saying the right thing anyway. So they, they chose to not say anything as opposed to hurting me yeah and I appreciated that for for some time, definitely, but then, after a while, you start to feel a little bit invisible in that mm. because you're you're not hearing any name call you and um, so I eventually went to my principal mm-hmm. and i she was brilliant um and I was talking to her about how I was feeling and what I was going through and i I'd say I was in there for about an hour and she gave me that hour. Isn't that amazing? And I cried and cried because she, she was so lovely to me. She really made me feel okay in school. Um, But I hadn't gotten my name changed legally yet. And there was just things that needed to happen before she could allow the teachers to call me my name in school. Because it was it was an all girls Catholic mm. school like there were nuns live in the convent mm-hmm. up behind the school, um so it was very, um I wouldn't say very religious it was like a old school um, well no I don't know it's it's a very holistic environment in school, and it was that was the best thing about it it was they they very like they were spiritual as opposed to kind of very very strictly religious. Um, and so once I knew, my principal knew who I was and a lot of the teachers did know, but they couldn't do anything until they got the go-ahead from the boss. <laughs> it was all legal. Yeah, um, and I, I respected that up in, up until a point um where I was really, really struggling. Uh, it kind of coincided with the time I ended up in A&E. Mm. And I went to her and I... Kind of said to her, I can't come to school anymore if I'm not being called by my name. And it was, that was before Easter. It was between, it was Easter break, I ended up in AE. When I came back to school after that, okay. after Easter break, I was Henry. Just like that. Everywhere. And my principal didn't know anything that happened over that period. But she, when I went into her that first day, she took out a, department of education guidelines on lgbtq plus students and she said look at this here you're henry in school from now on that's and, amazing oh she i i have so much respect for and it's
0: do all, all schools oh, i suppose you can't speak for all schools <laughs> but that, that all schools have that
1: they have the guidelines yeah it's, they don't i don't imagine they always all follow them mm. um but i i was definitely in a very privileged position where where I was in school it made it a lot easier. Oh, definitely, and like it was from that point on. I I haven't self harm self harmed since that point. Um, I, I I've been getting better since that point in my life, and growing as Henry since that point. Um. So it just goes to show how much of a how much impact school has. Absolutely, yeah, and you spend most of your time there when you're that age, and. Like I, I did my leaving cert. I didn't do an excellent leaving cert, but that didn't matter. It didn't matter to my teachers mm. or my principal, um, because I was okay. It was you just you just do your exams and you get through them. Uh once once you're okay, that's all that matters. Once you're here with us, that's that's all you need to do right now. They didn't so expect s- any more from me.
0: I suppose that would be the advice you would give to if there's yeah. anyone that's listening to this and they're they're in school yeah. and they're struggling to identify mm. would that be the advice you'd give them? Definitely. If they fear anything Yeah,
1: like academia is always going to be there. There's always a route in to learning. Um it doesn't have to be the the, the direct route. Yeah. Um what matters is that you give yourself the opportunity to to experience that at some point. It doesn't have to be during your leaving cert, you have Mm. to get these points now, so you can go on, and go into college, I got, I got under 300 points, in my leaving cert, and I got into my undergrad, and I got a first class honours, in my undergrad, and now I'm doing a masters, Mm. you know, and, at the end of 2021, I'll be, I'll be entirely qualified, unless I want to go on, and do more, but hopefully, that'll Mm. be me done, but it, it shows like that, when you're given a chance, to just be okay, and when your mental health is and well being is put before everything else, that everything else should work out. It will work out eventually. Mm. You know, it's if your mind isn't there, then nothing else can happen. You know, and school really gave me that, mm. and it like let me learn that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to hear that. Yeah, my teachers. I I I'm still in contact with, maybe probably five of my teachers from secondary school and they they gave me so much in my life and i owe my life to my teachers really mm. and i've said that before and i think i'll always say it i really do they they saved my life
0: yeah and i'm sure there are schools out there that fail at this oh i'm, I'm sure, sure there, there is are, yeah. but it's nice to hear that there are schools that that deal with it as well yeah you know there there are plenty of schools out there doing some great work yeah you know um so it's nice to hear that yeah
1: and i think it's nice now because because i i did it when i was there now there are other trans kids in the school um and that that hasn't been before mm-hmm. i was the first trans person openly in the school i'm sure we were there before but obviously didn't yeah. come out um but now there's i said kind of a precedent on how trans people should be treated Mm. and the respect that we deserve regardless of the gender of our school um and yeah i'm just glad that other trans kids feel comfortable in the press now like i did
0: yeah no it's great especially because it's rural ireland as well yeah sometimes people tend to think that this just happens in dublin and cork and Mm. large cities but it's not it's everywhere it's across the whole country so then so that was your social transitioning and then obviously then you went into medical transitioning? Yes, yeah. And how did you find that and the process of it and, and all of that was
1: Yeah, so I um I actually um going through the NHS. So I I got referred to uh the gender identity clinic in London from my GP um So NHS in the UK, why not yeah. in Ireland? Um Can it be done in Ireland? It can, yeah. yeah, Through Lachlanstown in Dublin. Yeah. But I I happen to go through the NHS. um, And yeah, they... So they kind of made sure I had socially transitioned um, and then were able to prescribe... or advise my GP to prescribe me testosterone. And before you got to that stage... Mm. So do they sit down with you and
0: talk to you as in like, you know... Yeah. ask so, you about your background and stuff like that definitely,
1: and they kind of do that every appointment just to kind of get a recap on where you're at but the first one is a big one It's about two hours of a of a psychological review and kind of looking at where you have been and I obviously had a history of of mental illness um from kind of the age of seventeen i was I was told I had depression, so mm-hmm. it was from that point on um they could see which all kind of lined up really as well yeah. kind of the same time um so yeah it's a very very extensive first appointment very kind of draining um but after that then once they've that initial one done it's just a recap from then on okay yeah so it's, they know you have your decision made and that's that absolutely mm. and it's it's just to make sure that they choose the right line of 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 um further transition for you mm. and whether you are interested in medically transitioning or not because a lot of people who are who are trans don't medically transition. Yeah. They they go through their social transition and they feel that they've gotten to a point where they are themselves and they feel very comfortable with who they are just by changing their name and pronouns and maybe their appearance. Um so they kind of evaluate where you are on your own timeline and then advise you on what to do next what to do next how
0: did you feel when you first met them
1: scared (laughs) i was very nervous but really excited because it had been so long i felt like i had waited lifetimes to get to that point Mm. so i was relieved and extremely nervous um start of a new journey yeah yeah and since that point it's still been slow um, but it's it's been happening, so I yeah. have to be grateful that it's on I the road.
0: Has coronavirus affected that as well? Has it h- slowed down things or?
1: Um, it's hard to tell. Me, uh... I was just recently told that I, my referral for top surgery, um, which would be a double mastectomy mm-hmm. and chest reconstruction to kind of masculinize mm. the chest, and um, that my referral would be sent off to to a, a hospital in London. Okay. So, I was told first that it would be three months, and it it was thirteen months. So, the waiting lists are, yeah, are it's like crazy. A yeah, isn't yeah. So, you
0: know, um, um. And then when when you start your medical um transition, mm, you had said there that uh they put you on t- t- testosterone, testosterone first. Is that yeah. like the first
1: kind of? The first thing they do, or is it? Um, well, if you're kind of not up to where they need you to be in your social transition they won't prescribe you anything mm. but that is the first kind of step in the medical side of things um so i, I was given to testosterone gel first oh okay um to kind of i had to apply it to my shoulder every day um but i didn't really like that it was it smelled <laughs> it yeah. was dried out my skin i didn't know
0: you could get that in, in, in a gel. I didn't yeah know it was...
1: a lot of people would stay on that as well because what I'm on now is testosterone injections okay so every three weeks I self inject intravenously no Jesus intramuscular injection yeah (laughs) not going into my blood at all no (laughs) Um, so yeah that's not ideal like Mm -hmm. to have to inject yourself every three weeks but it is is what it is and I would I rather the injections than the gel
0: and did you find your body changing quite rapidly then
1: when you started on testosterone, start or did it a um, bit of the time? It took time and it's still taking its time, yeah. <laughs> um, but I have to be patient. Um, but in your mind, you're Henry anyway, so yeah, exactly. It's just to kind of let my body catch up. Mm. Um, but it does, it definitely did take more time than I wanted to give it. Uh, kind of wrap uh, gradually, my body started to change, to change and my shape and my weight started to redistribute, um, yeah. Um, I, I sweat so much more And I smell different mm. Um, My voice has dropped significantly Which has been great Because mm-hmm. I didn't really realise But my girlfriend kind of was like Okay Henry you have to see it now You have to hear right. it now yeah. Because it was it happening And I hear my voice all the time But when I watch videos now of a year ago I sound completely different. Mm. So that's very comforting and it's kind of the thing I'm holding on to at the minute um, because it's really the only thing I can see. Though all yeah. the things are happening. Like mm. I've some facial hair mm. um, but really that's the most solid thing. During lockdown, did you find that difficult? Very much so, yeah. It's um, kind of, it's obviously been isolating for a lot of people um, but my my dysphoria, my gender dysphoria has heightened a lot and my mainly because of my chest, yeah. Um I just have had a really, really tough time mm. with it. Um and I think I've had more time to compare myself to other people, which for anyone to do is not healthy. Mm. You mean on social media and stuff, yeah. 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 And like I follow loads of trans people yeah. um who their transition has seemed so much more fruitful than mine does at that time Mm. um but that's kind of been the hardest part of of lockdown for me was kind of just being back in my own mind feeling stuck yeah yeah definitely and because I had been waiting so long to hear from the the gender identity clinic about top surgery that added to it Mm. it kind of felt like it would never happen Yeah. Um. But getting the news now that I have my referral has has lifted me up a lot, and I go back to work next week, so (laughs) that'll help as well.
0: Some some normality, some routine. We'll start getting routines, and we won't be focused on, on what other people are doing. Yeah. And then you went on. So then you moved to Cork. Then and you you
1: started your your masters. I did. Yeah. So that was I. I've only been living in Cork since the end of September. Um and yeah I started my masters in international human rights law and public policy um so that was it's it's hard (laughs) it's masters is is no joke um and I, I especially kind of during lockdown I have been struggling with kind of keeping engaged in the work because it's online
0: doing it all online
1: all online um I've never met I know one of my classmates because she lives with my partner so I've only met one of my classmates, um, everything else is just, you have to be on your computer. But it's yes. hard at home though, isn't it? Yeah.
0: And any, there's no, obviously there's no date or word or anything as to
1: when you'll be in. No, we've been told, it, we were told definitely not for the first semester, but maybe for second semester we might get, I don't know, to be honest, it's weird, it's hard to know, but I do think it's all for the best at the minute oh god yes yeah. yeah you know we just do what we have to do to mm-hmm. to make sure people are safe and we're not exposing anyone mm. or, or putting anyone under any threat because it's really not yeah. worth it do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. i'll get by <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, yeah. I'm at home yeah. i have a home you know yeah. it's i, I kind of have to count my blessings as well mm. kind of put put things back into perspective for myself
0: mm-hmm. and um you mentioned there as well that you have a girlfriend did you meet him college or or no she, she was she's from as well yeah she's from tip
1: as well, yeah, she, yeah. TIP as well a, a different village outside Clamel. Um, yeah so yeah we met uh we've we've been together uh just over a year um but we've known each other for for years yeah uh, through shows i i choreographed shows at home oh okay she would have been in another uh theater kind of company at home as well so I would go to see her shows and she would go to see mine and we kind of always knew of each other and fancied each other but never yeah. did anything about it. We actually thought we hated each other because... That's how the best relationships <laughs> are. Yeah. yeah, and then her friend told me that she actually does like me and I had a boost of confidence. My ego shot through the roof so um, I was able to talk to her then and eventually one thing led to another and we've so other all. So you knew each other from back in Tipperary and now we we're together. Yeah that's
0: amazing <laughs> yeah it just goes to show doesn't it
1: mm-hmm. I'm so, very grateful for her especially during like lockdown because mm-hmm. her house is my bubble oh, okay during yeah, the lockdown yeah. um, so I've been able to go over there and not only be stuck here you know so it's been she's mm-hmm. been great
0: yeah that's lovely mm-hmm. I love hearing those stories of <laughs> childhood sweetheart See, <laughs> yeah. I know we weren't together say when you were kids or whatever yeah but, you know it's it's nice that it's defe- that it's developed into that yeah
1: and i was actually i hadn't transitioned before but yeah she fancied me <clears throat> yeah at, at every point and i think that just made me fall in love with her more like that mm-hmm. she just saw me for me um no questions asked and still just sees me for me mm. so yeah it's really nice yeah, it
0: just <laughs> goes to show that it's not about you know who you are. It's the it's yeah. the person that you fall in love with. Yeah. Their personality and everything. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 really nice to hear that, and so say we're up present day now. With, you know it's twenty twenty and mm-hmm. um, it's like the trans community and stuff. How do you feel? Where do you think the trans community are now in Ireland?
1: Um. I think. I think we're getting there we're we're being heard now mm. like the this is me campaign that i mentioned has done excellent work for trans healthcare um and is i think we're taken more seriously now yeah because they can people see that we're pe- just people mm. like them mm-hmm. the only difference is that we're we're trans you know it's a it's a struggle that we've had, it's our journey, it's our life, no different from your journey in your yeah. life. You know, and I think people are finally kind of starting to empathize with us that we we just want what ye have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of the rights that that cisgender people have, we, we would like those too. <laughs> mm.
0: Um
1: but I think socially as well we we're we're on the up and up. I like if and I see that through social media. And I see how well people are doing. And even through such a tough time, like lockdown and with uh, COVID-19, how much we're thriving mm-hmm. in our struggles too. You know, everyone has had it hard and trans people have just taken it and, and been able to get through yet another really difficult time. We're warriors, like... uh yeah. It's... it's um, Do you know Laverne Cox... Uh, She's a she's a kind of famous trans woman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. New black. She she um she says something like it's it's a rebellion to to live as as you are as a trans person. It's it's kind of you're a revolutionary, and I always think of that when I when I feel a bit bad. Like I I think of of her and what she said sometimes, and like yeah, it is like Mm. it's it's we've gone through so much and we're still here. We're still fighting like mm. so yeah. I think as
0: well, um so you're probably where the gay community was at ten years ago.
1: Mm. I think so. And obviously it's it's hard it is hard to compare them, but yeah, yeah. very sim very similar kind of we're growing in of. social acceptance kind of. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little not as much, but definitely getting to that point mm. like it's 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 like creeping around the corner that we're there but it, there's always kind of that doubt i think in any trans person's mind mm. that we're we're at that point because you could turn around and, and a person could be so horrible you know so it's it, you kind of have to not be hopeful but not get your hopes up yeah you know so it to save yourself really mm.
0: Yeah, and I think it was wasn't it Trans Week last week? Yes, yeah. Yeah, it was Trans Week last yeah. week. I seen as and I've seen a lot on social media and stuff as well, which was great, you know?
1: Yeah, it's 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 nice to see people kind of commemorating the trans people that have been murdered because mm. they're trans, um, and trans people who have, have committed suicide mm-hmm. and been really harmed by how society has perceived us. Yeah. Um and yeah it's 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 kind of very harrowing but very humbling Mm. and that's when i really have to be grateful for what i have and where i am because some of us aren't aren't alive today Mm. because we're trans you know so it's it's yeah it can only go up and up yeah exactly and even you know, trans
0: is very much incorporated now with pride festivals. And yes. was a trans pride as well, isn't there? Yeah, there is yeah. trans pride. Yeah. yeah. In
1: Dublin, I I've never yeah. made it
0: to it, but. Yeah, I think I have seen that last year. Or the year before, I think. Yeah. But it's 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 great because it i it's, it's incorporated in the whole, pride and and all of that. It's it's mm. really really great great to see.
1: And pride was started by a trans woman.
0: Yes, it was. Yeah, Marsha P. Yes, yeah. I
1: watched the documentary on yeah. on Netflix, she and anyone that's listening needs to watch that. Yes, yeah. Marsha P. Marsha P. Johnson, yeah, yeah, a black trans woman, a black trans woman, yeah, That the there is a warrior. Person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: There is a warrior. Yeah. I yeah, I watched that. It's a very very good. Um, and wasn't there? Wasn't there? Wasn't her? Was
1: it her friend that that fought for rights as well? Yeah. They started, I trans? don't know her name, she's trans as well. They started the Stonewall Riots. Yeah, it yeah,
0: Stonewall Riots, yeah. So, you know, it just goes to show, and that was how long ago? like Long time ago. <laughs> you know, and, it start, yeah. and, and like you said, Pride started from a black trans woman. Yeah. And now look where we are today. It's, exactly. It's, it's amazing. Anyone listening to this really, really needs to, to watch that documentary. It's amazing. I watched it during the first lockdown and I learned so much I didn't know I I didn't know any of that yeah I didn't know any Mm -hmm. of that it's it's really it's um it's really really good um so I suppose now life is returning to some bit of normality yeah from next week so what's next for Henry (laughs) in life for.
1: yeah that's a good question um for now it's get through the masters Mm. um do well in that, um, get top surgery. That's yeah. my that's my the forefront of my mind. Along with the masters, <laughs> mm-hmm. is getting getting top surgery. Um, and after that, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. My career will hopefully kick off next next year, um, and beyond that, probably saving up yeah some money because.
0: It's very hard to predict her life now. Yeah. yeah.
1: And like in my future I I see myself as a dad. Mm. And hopefully actually carrying. Yeah. And getting pregnant and being a trans dad who actually mm. gave birth to their their baby. It's definitely it's something I kind of I d- like dream about almost like it's yeah. like that I want to do this but obviously time will tell, you know. Mm. Um so saving up some money. For yeah,
0: your, you never know. I mean, you know that that that's your dream. Yeah. That's one of your dreams. Go for it. Yeah. Um. And this, this, this is the last question and I ask this to all my guests. So, as a man, mm. to find the word love, what does what does the word love mean to you?
1: Um. It is a hard question. <laughs> um. I think love to me is comfort and safety. And guarantees safety, mm. unconditional. No matter what's going on, you're safe here with me. Yeah, with whoever loves you, whoever says they love you, that that's what they mean by that. That no matter what is happening, that when you're with me, you are safe mm-hmm. from everything and everyone. And I will give you the comfort that you require. That's that's it to me is safety yeah. and comfort.
0: Yeah. No, it's a good answer. And it's there is no right answer. Yeah. It's what that person <laughs> feels themselves. Okay, so thanks very much Thank for you. coming on the podcast. And I think um, if I'm to sum up this this whole interview, the one word that's hit out at me is warrior, because that's what you are, <laughs> and that's what your community is. You're warriors, you're revolutionary, and I'm to have total and utter respect and like i say i'm in awe of what you know what you do and you you, you, you stand there as a, as a as a man as a trans man and that's who we were so i wish you all the best of luck in life and um you're on so, so you're on instagram yeah. henry Fitzgerald. henry fitzgerald five henry major. fitzgerald five so if anyone wants to um get onto henry it's henry fitzgerald five or if you want to um uh, if you want to get in touch with me on Instagram, it's Timmy Murphy, This Man's World, or on the, the podcast um, page, which is This Man's World Podcast.